0: Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show,
1: a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment
0: traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. And welcome to the Investor Coaching Show. I am Paul Winkler talking about the world of, hell, we're we're not going to go into money. But it is very, very much related what we're gonna talk about because I'm gonna set this up. This is somebody I've been wanting to have on this show for quite a while now. And the reason is because if you look at the number one reason that people mess up around finances and around money, I'm gonna tell you, bar none, it is their stinking thinking, it is our heads, it is anxiety. Anxiety is a killer of investors because this is the way our brains work. Our brains go into overload, they get overwhelmed, they go into a panic mode, and then what we do is we sabotage, and we do all kinds of really dumb things. Let's say, not even with investing. Let's just talk about, you know, just, but we're not gonna really, but I'm gonna hit it, but every time we talk about it and go, what does this have to do with investing? Believe me, just listen, you're gonna hear. And I have with me today, Jenny Black, Jenny, now I've got to tell you how I first found out about you. I'm
1: curious.
0: Okay, so I was actually talking to a young man, and he was talking to his therapist, and his therapist said, you really, you got some, you know, you're dealing with some anxiety. You really need to go watch this TED Talk. And the TED Talk is the slow drip of media trauma. That's crazy. (laughs) And... uh, Jenny is actually the person that did that TED <laughs> How do you get to do a TED Isn't Talk? It?
1: Well, here's the really funny thing. So as we'll get into, I am not a social media person. I don't do social media. I don't have any social media accounts. And everyone has said, you can't write a book and you're not going to get to be a speaker. Like if you don't have social media and it actually came to my neighborhood, a woman who started the TED Talk moved across the street from me and was like, we have to Seriously? get you on. That's how it happened. Oh, now that's cool. Right.
0: That is so cool. Right. I wondered how that happened. So anyway, so he, he sends me this video and I'm watching this whole thing and you're talking about the Boston Marathon bombing and going, oh my goodness, you know, people that actually watched the Boston Marathon bombing on video were more traumatized than the people that were physically there. And I'm watching going, this is unreal. People that were actually there were not as negatively affected. So, I, so I, you know, I'm going through everything in that TED Talk, and I'm like, I gotta find this. I gotta find this person. So I find find that she's got a book, and it's our digital soul. And I read the book, and you can see, see what see Jenny, what I so do. See I'm so proud. I'm proud teacher. See what I do. See what I. I've got it like all marked up. So those of you who are who are not watching via video, uh, what just listening on the radio, I have little. Flags on just about every page on this book. It is so stinking good. So, what? Um, talk a little bit about this. Where do we start? How did you? How Where did you get start? into studying this? And and what is it that we're dealing with? I mean, we're dealing with a generation right now that walks around, and we have jokes about it. That somebody I saw a joke today on on uh, one of the social media pages. Somebody, a friend of mine, actually put this on, and I just. I cruise through it really quick and then I get off. I'm, I'm really good about getting off fast. But she had a thing. She says, hey, there's a party over my house. We're all going to sit around and watch, look at our phones. <laughs> right. And, you know, this is how kids are communicating and they can't communicate with each other the normal ways well, and that we is, did growing up. It is not up.
1: limited. It is not limited to that generation by any means.
0: So this is really getting the older generation yeah, too. Yeah, it,
1: it gets everybody because it is addictive, Because the way that the phones are designed and the way that most of the social media platforms we used are designed to get you to look at them for as many hours a day as you can because they get their money based on how much, I mean, they even use the phrase, how long did we have those eyeballs? And they don't care if those eyeballs are a newborn Uh or a baby or if they're 70 years old. If your eyes are on it, they make money. So it's actually very, the only reason we're having this conversation is because of money.
0: Right. Sure. Well, exactly. That's uh, precisely it. So what happens is they pull you in and you have, I love what you said in, I think it was in the TED Talk, if I recall correctly, it was every time you pick up a phone, I want you to think about what you're picking up that phone for. So could you talk about that?
1: So um, one of the things I'll have clients do, because I help my sort of number one thing I do with clients now is having them develop a healthier relationship with their phone. Mm -hmm. Because I truly believe that someone's relationship with their phone is the number one most important relationship in their life. Mm. So if you have a healthy relationship with your phone, you have a chance to have a healthy relationship with all the people you connect with and all the work that you do through that phone and all of it that comes through to you. If you do not have a healthy relationship with that device, you will not have healthy relationships with the things that you connect with through that device. So mm-hmm. I use the phrase a lot that your phone is both a mirror and a window.
0: A mirror and, and a window.
1: Yes. It's it's how you see yourself and it's how you see the world. Right. And so in that process, um, one of the things I talk about is that we lose t- We have lost connection with our human needs mm-hmm. because when we're on screens, we... It, there's research that shows that we physically leave our bodies. We're not in our bodies. We're somewhere else. And you know that because when you, um, first of all, if you're in a room and other people are on screens, you don't know they're there. They make no noise. Yes.
0: And when they get off their oh, that's screen, yeah.
1: you hear everyone when they get off their phone goes, <gasps> <laughs> like they've just come up for air.
0: That's, that's wild. That's that's almost like you you think about when somebody actually is being resuscitated. Exactly. That's what they do.
1: And, and they will normally say, oh my gosh, I'm so hungry. Or I'm so tired. Or I've got to go to the bathroom right now.
0: So they literally get so lost in it. They forget about Every other thing that's going on in their body, yeah,
1: you have to think there's this little this little conscious person in the middle of in in the middle of your brain mm-hmm. and it's manning your whole body mm-hmm. right it's mm-hmm. it's giving your body feedback about what it needs and what we need what it needs to do, some of that conscious some of that unconscious subconscious both mm-hmm. and um when that little person is on a screen, it's not in your body, mm-hmm. and so it's like. So one of the things I say is that so much of our anxiety might actually be our body being like, hey, nobody's here, nobody's here, nobody's here. Like well, that, that simple.
0: That's why. Well, you said something in your one of your talks that you had done for an organization here, locally, a Christian organization that you had done. Uh, it was for counselors. And you were giving this model that I really liked. Hmm. And I'm actually stealing it. <laughs>
1: what is it? Is it, the-
0: it so, so what it was is on one axis is the, the things challenge. are yeah. challenges that, are, that face us. And then it's our skill set, what we have to face those challenges and live up to those challenges, and they're out of whack with each other. Yes. So you want to walk through yes. that a little bit?
1: Well Yes. I feel like I skipped over your last question. You did. Okay. Let's, yeah, we'll come back to that. We'll okay. come back to that. Yeah. Okay. So, so
0: right. Yeah. We were talking a little bit. Let me bring it back to the first question is every time you pick up your phone, what are you looking yeah. for? I so, think that's key for yes, kids. So to- I
1: will have, I'll have people change their screensaver to say, what do you need?
0: Oh, that's fascinating. So when you
1: pick up your phone, you have just this split second to be like, what do I need right now? Do yeah. I need to talk to a friend? Do I need to eat? Do I need to get some work done? Do I need to go to sleep? Because the the ways that our phones have trained us over the last decade is that we pick them up for every single need
0: we have. Well, what hit me, Jen, is you're saying when I pick it up for people to pick it up, it may be I just need for somebody to tell me that I'm a decent person. Yeah. That I'm okay. Yep. That I'm competing on a level with other humans around the planet. And the reality of it is when you're picking up that phone and you're on some kind of a social media account, everybody is showing a whitewashed, polished version of themselves is what I see.
1: And I'll tell you in, in the work I've done on myself and with however many clients, most of the time we never even get to that point because what they need is usually food, sleep, water, and oh, to really? move their body.
0: So we don't that even, was not what I was, I was picturing at all.
1: We don't even get to those higher level things,
0: right? No kidding. Right. So they <laughs> need, but why would they pick up their, they're not going to get their tell phone? Me. I don't know. What's the weather like? I don't know.
1: I'm going to pick up my phone and check and see so instead of going outside, right? S- so it, it has to do with um, just a stimulus and response. Like we, we have been told it will solve all of our problems. Right. And so without even making any conscious decision, we now go to it to solve all of our problems. Right. And it can only solve, um, well, there's a whole other conversation. It can only solve higher level problem, right? It can solve things once you have eaten. Right. Once you are connected to your own consciousness, you can then choose how to use it mm-hmm. and move your life forward. But if you don't have connection to your consciousness, you're just handing over. Like, I, I, you disconnect from your body and you think, what I really need is likes. But what you really need is to go to sleep.
0: Yeah, you told a story, you know, and I thought it was so good about a bunch of girls that got in a room together. And the job was to get them to actually take one minute to share three things about themselves. And it was, you know, you think, well, that's nothing. You know, I could do that. If it was I'm- an
1: icebreaker. It was just a simple icebreaker.
0: Just an icebreaker. We just get together. We're just going to share three things about ourselves, you know, and you go first and you, girls don't interrupt her.
1: Right. And what happened? So, and then the idea was that that, after that one minute, you'd swap and introduce yourself. And then it was, that's how they were introducing themselves to the group. Right. So I would introduce you, you would introduce me. hmm And so they had one minute of someone paying 100% attention to them. hmm and one minute of paying attention, 100% mm-hmm, attention to someone mm-hmm, else.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Two minutes, 120 seconds. Yeah, not a big deal. Not a big deal. And and then they introduced everybody. And then after that, I said, hey, what was that like for you guys? And all of them said they were so uncomfortable with someone paying that much attention to them.
0: That, so that they,
1: had, they had no memory of anyone paying that much attention to them. And— Which is ironic because they spend their entire lives trying to post something for people's attention. Yeah. But then the second thing is that they never felt that vulnerable, that they were used to manipulating and controlling and editing how people saw them. Yes. And they realized that human to human thing that that person got to perceive them however they were.
0: Right. And that is what I was talking about earlier, where everybody's whitewashed. That's what I meant by that earlier. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So then let's bring this back to um you are just an A plus student. So bring this back to the <laughs> I love chal- this. This ch- is fascinating. It really is. The challenges and resources. So just a quick recap of this is that um I call it the math of being human, that when we we are operate at our best, when our challenges and our resources are increasing at the same rate. Okay. But when we operate in digital spaces, We are always operating in a world in which the challenges are rapidly outpacing our resources. Right. Um, The simplest would be, um, I can never keep up with my emails.
0: Yeah, that's a good example.
1: And then more complex is what you're talking about. I'm never going to be beautiful enough, uh, rich enough, whatever, because you're just constantly being bombarded with these messages of somebody who has it better,
0: right? Right, yeah, and it's a comparison.
1: Yeah, and it's pretend. Which is
0: a losing... Right. Losing proposition. Right. right. Yeah.
1: So, um, this, this, what I'll say is almost everything that we do in digital spaces, we're, we're sort of the underdog. The challenges are outpacing right. our resources, even our time, right? How much well, well, time you have
0: to research. So, well, let's bring this back just a, a quick second because you said never enough. And let's bring it back to the financial. People compete on money. And I've often said that the reason that people buy really super, super nice houses or they buy really, really nice cars is because they're trying to impress somebody maybe from their past. And, you know, in psychology we call it ghosts, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, people that aren't even around right, anymore. Right. And we're trying to show that somehow we're okay and and we're good and worthy. And and you look at that and go, wow, if you're competing on that particular level, it's really hard for you ever to win that race. You can't win that race. Mm-hmm there's always somebody that's better than you and so in essence what happens when you're out there competing in that particular realm there's always somebody that looks better and then it just drives you into just hopelessness
1: yeah I give and up. it's and it's a it's the continually moving carrot right it's right. the the essence of advertising is to convince you that you don't have something that right. you need to buy. Yeah, you
0: got to have this. If you're going to be happy, you better have <laughs> this so, thing. Yeah, you know, no, Basically, sure.
1: all of our media is, that's all it is. It's just advertising, right. right? And so it needs to convince you, you don't have enough. The issue is that, and there's a whole section in the book that talks about how this intercepts with different levels, stages of development. Mm-hmm. Once it gets in that stage of identity, mm-hmm. and it's not about what you own, it's about who you are. Yeah, That's why we're seeing such high levels of anxiety and depression in that particular age group because it's not about what they can accumulate. At least with like the older generations, we still have this perception that I could go out there and get something. And that has its own issues. But for them, it's you are this person or you're not this person. Right. And so when you get into... When advertising gets um, muddled with identity, uh-huh. that's when it becomes so, so toxic.
0: Yeah, and you... And you talk about this and not being enough and not having enough, not being able to measure up. And then what happens is we're overloaded and and we try to become enough and the resources out there to try to get whatever we need are limitless. And we become overwhelmed with the amount of information out there. And then not not only if you're trying to form an opinion on something, then you get some information, then you've got somebody's opinion on the information and then you get overwhelmed there. right.
1: Right, because the virtual world is limitless. Yes. It's limitless, and humans are limited. Yes. There's nobody nobody out there that has been like, hey, let's look out for how this whole virtual world could take good care of humans. There's nobody doing that.
0: So so what I want to do is let's walk through, there are some things that you have in your book that I think are fascinating. A couple, lots of high points, but I'm just going to get a couple of them because this is a book... I'm telling you, if you have kids or even yourself and you're just going, man, you know, I just don't feel great. Life has died. I just just don't don't feel up to the task and I, I can't put my finger on why. And you're looking for what is causing so much of the anxiety, leading to depression, leading to... Apathy. apathy.
1: Nice.
0: Yes, that was an eye opener for me. The leading to apathy, and if you if you don't think we have apathy right now, come on, we do. So let's walk through that and and just get into. This is a book that I, I would I would give. I'm telling you, uh, this is a great thing for anybody to read, just to get their head around this and and just realize why we're dealing with what we're dealing with and what you can do about it. Hey, folks, I want to tell you something I'm really excited about. My new book, Confident Financial Planning, is finally out. It's in paperback, hardcover, Kindle version, and I actually have an audiobook version of it. It talks about building your financial castle. I use that throughout the book, talking about your investments, your financial plan is kind of like a castle. You have your savings and your emergency funds. I talk about that, debt, good debt, bad debt talk about special goal funds and how to set those things up and how to invest for those types of special things that you might want to do in the future, types of retirement accounts, different types of taxation of investment accounts, talk about real estate investing and pros and cons of that, how to project retirement assets, and your moat. You know, that's how you protect your castle. It's the risk management aspect of a financial plan. You want to find out more about that? You go to paulwinkler.com forward slash book to get it and uh, hope you enjoy. All right, back here on the Investor Coaching Show, Paul Winkler along with uh, Jenny Black is here with me, the writer of the book, Our Digital Soul. And this is something that uh, I really wanted to bring to listeners simply because this is, this area right now is affecting so many people and you have so many of you have kids. Uh, Some of you, so many of you are dealing with this yourself, not just having kids that are dealing with it, but just the kind of the anxiety. There was an interesting article talking about rich countries. And you'd never think this. You would never think in a million years that a study done all around the world found that rich countries, people in those countries were more anxious than poor countries. Because you'd think with all the political upheaval that the poor countries would be more anxious, but it's not the case And much of it is because we literally have everything. We have everything. And, you know, sometimes I talk about this one study that shows that if if you have more than $4 million, that your happiness actually goes backwards because now you have something to lose. And that's where people end up in anxieties because I've got something to lose. And now I go, oh, my goodness. Now, we talked a little bit about just before the break about the challenges that we face as people, and then you have resources. And getting these things into concert with each other is really super, super important. So Jenny, I want you to talk a little bit about that in much more detail, what's going on and talk about the concept of flow and and that type. I think that's so important.
1: As I was stated in the first part was that when your resources and your challenges are increasing at the same rate, you are in the, like, sweet spot of human functioning. And that's what we call flow. Mm-hmm. So um, when we get in online spaces, we immediately exist in a world in which our challenges outpace our resources. So sometimes that's hard to convince people of. Just it is one- <laughs> hard
0: to, It is you know, seriously, no. See, I, I'm going to come from the other side and go, that is kind of like, what, what are you so, talking about? So for example, about? when I
1: pick up my phone, yeah. the amount of things I can do on it, it are infinite. right right? Am I going to call my mom? Am I going to check the weather? Am I going to order lunch from Uber Eats? Am I going to check my email? No, this makes sense
0: to me. This makes, let me, let me tell you why this makes sense to me. There was a study done of investments And what they did with 401ks, they found that when you had too many choices in a 401k, you shut down.
1: Exactly. So
0: now this makes sense to me. Okay. Now that was perfect. I'm glad you put it that way. So
1: this, it's very practical. It's just very practical. Like there's too much I can do in this one thing. And my brain has to make all these decisions, which I'm sure you've learned about decision fatigue, which is what you're talking about. And so I'm suffering from decision fatigue every time I pick up this phone and, and, because it, is, um, it has a billion dollars of industry on the other side of it, it's going to tell me it can solve my problems. I can't solve my problems. And so I'm going to stay here to try to solve my problems. Dependence. and Yes, instead of putting it down and going, wait, what do I need? And what I have learned so far from working with this chart and hundreds of people mm-hmm. is that our resources are almost all gained in the real world. So if that, you're
0: building resources. That is fascinating. So it is all gained from something else other than what most younger people are turning to and increasingly what older people are even turning to because they're lonely. Right. You know, a lot right. of people are, are lonely of course. and they're isolating. Of course. Uh, you know, As, as one, one doctor said to me one day, and it just blew my mind, I said, you're right. He was, he was from Europe and he says, Paul... He goes, we go in America from box to box to box. I go from the box my house to box Walmart <laughs> right, to right. box Walgreens, right? Yeah, so, so the resources are gained in the real resources world.
1: Resources are gained in the real world. So when um, there's this, I'm thinking it's called, it's primary, primary benefits and secondary benefits. Like a primary benefit is you do the thing and you get the thing. Like I, I make a meal, Uh and I have a meal to eat. Okay. Okay, so there's this direct cause and effect. Okay. Secondary benefits are I go to a job, I get some money, I take that money, I go to the store, I buy my food. So my job is a secondary
0: That makes sense, I get it.
1: So the very best that media has to offer us can only come into the secondary benefit
0: category. That, That makes sense.
1: It cannot solve any primary needs.
0: So does that make sense? So what happens is I go there and there's another step in the process, so to speak, if not many steps in the process. But at the end, there is never a solution because I cannot be in control in any way. Right, right. Because they're always in control. Right,
1: right. Yes. So then we
0: get overload and we have the decision fatigue and then you have all of these different things. And finally, what happens is I'm afraid I'm going to make the wrong decision. And when I'm afraid I'm going to make the wrong decision, I become anxious because I'm, i I could screw this up,
1: and our our those those feelings that we're having anxiety, sadness, loneliness, whatever that we go to our phone to numb mm-hmm. to solve the problem of that, we ultimately will flip over to something mindless, right mm-hmm. because I don't want to feel what I'm feeling, so I'm going to get on Instagram, I'm going to get on Twitter, I'm going to get on Snapchat, whatever. And then I don't feel, for that period of time, I don't feel that feeling. And then something happens that ends that. Mm -hmm. And then we get back to our life and we haven't solved any of the problems that we had getting on it.
0: So we can numb out with games…
1: Any, any, uh, you know, <laughs> see, it can
0: be alcohol, it can be drugs, it can be you know any any number of things. Yes. But social media is a big because it, it's socially acceptable,
1: right? And that's that's, that's one another of the issue. Things, isn't yes. It? So it's it is like I'll tell people. I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about the artist that I'm doing this podcast with. Mm-hmm. But um, he got rid of his phone and realized he was waking up every morning and spending the first hour in bed on Instagram. Okay. And when he didn't have his phone anymore, he realized. I could lay in bed for an hour. I could just lay here. And that would actually be good and productive for my mind and my body. Whereas being on Instagram is not just a waste of time. It's also harmful for right. me. But we have been so conditioned mm-hmm. that if I'm on Instagram, I didn't waste that time.
0: Right. I made connections. Or, or it, it was got- filled. And you've got to tell the story of your daughter. Okay. After this, so I'm going to make you tell the story of your daughter because that, I know, I know. I, that, that's a really good story. And, um, oh, there's so many different things. So we'll, we'll just, in our podcast, I've got to, tell me quick the podcast.
1: It's called Lose the Phone.
0: Lose the Phone. Okay. I've got to write that down. That That sounds like a really good podcast because this is what so often we're dealing with because people make, you know, we talk about this and let me just kind of just run through this. What? This has to do with finances, investing and all of this because so often what we do in America, there was a website and I've talked to you guys about this before and it used to be called globalrichlist.com. It doesn't exist anymore. They changed it. It's a different one now. That's a different name. I don't know why they did it. But basically what they did is they showed that if you made like $20,000, you were in the top like 5% of the entire world. And yet in America, we can't seem to be happy unless we have more, more, and more, and more. And what we do is we worry about going into retirement because we think, oh gosh, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I'm going to be okay. And the reality is a lot of the reason we don't think we're going to be okay is because of the competitiveness and the overload and the feelings of you know, just just not good enough that well, we get. And
1: what you're also you're also talking about, we live in a world where people have everything they want and they don't have what they need. And if you don't have what you need, it will not matter if you have every single thing you want, it can never satisfy because you don't actually have what you need.
0: I want you to talk more about that when we come back. Okay. All right, that, that sounds like a really good topic because what is it that we need? And I think that there's a yes. lot of truth to that. Yes. You know, because I've, I've often had this with over many, many, many years of setting goals with people and they're like, oh, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I need, and it's, they, I don't know, they don't know what they want, but they can't even come up with either one. So let's do that. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. If you want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more competent investors and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.